Welcome to episode four of The Technical Foul. I don't know, Matt, have we made it farther than you thought we would? Yeah, I had no idea when we started out. Actually, we didn't even know with the first episode. Would we continue? How would it go? <laughs> I'm actually traveling this week, so I actually may or may not uh, record an episode of my usual podcast, Exponent. I'm Ben Thompson. I'm the, the author of Shechekri, um, because I'm traveling, but... Given given the game that happened yesterday, uh, it, it was important that we squeeze this in before I take off. And luckily, a little time has passed. If we had recorded last night, I would be yelling into the microphone. I was very frustrated. Yes. So you are Matt Reese, an iOS developer and a hardcore Spurs fan. So y- your mental your mental state has recovered from 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 last night's loss. A little. I'm still frustrated, though. I'm still. I feel like this should not be tied to games to two you think the thunder should be up three to one yeah oh my goodness no and the crazy thing about the series is it could i mean i can't really imagine it being three one but you know there's been some close games obviously the game that we talked a lot about game two that was just uh kind of nuts at the very end could have gone either way game three spurs only won by a few points four points you could imagine maybe that going another way and the thunder were up going into the third into the fourth quarter right that was close. I mean, the Spurs did a good job in that game. Um, Tony Parker uh, was great in game three. He was also great, even better, in game four uh, in terms of points. So you can imagine it going either way, but I still can't – I just can't believe that it's this close. The Spurs still have home court advantage, which is great, but there's so much pressure on game five now. Yeah, there is. So well, so given your emotional state, I will – I will, I guess, and given what you just said, I will start with a controversial statement, which is I think that Tony Parker is getting to be a problem for the Spurs. Okay. And this this despite the fact he he obviously had a great game three and 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 scored a lot in game four. And the and what makes me really concerned is OKC closed out the fourth quarter with uh both Steven Adams and and uh Enos Cantor in the front court. And then Durant and and Waiters and Westbrook, and that lineup, the Spurs of two three years ago would have destroyed by putting particularly Cantor in the pick and roll again and again, and doing their ping pong around the court, boing boing boing. And instead, the Spurs kind of looked like the Thunder, like just all this one on one ball, and that's that's a sort of game that plays right in the Thunder's hands. The Thunder are all about one on one ball, yeah. both offense and defense. Their defense is much better dealing with one-on-one players. Cantor can handle a post-up you know, decently well. He's helpless in the pick and roll. But to me, the real problem, beyond Kevin Durant just being amazing, was, and we should definitely talk about that, sure. but the Spurs' offense w- was was pretty rough. Well, yeah, it kind of fell apart at the end. Well, even throughout the game, there were some problems. But I, I think you're right a little bit in that at the end of the game, and Pop in the press conference even said this, that they, they kind of forgot how to play Spurs basketball. Uh, at the end. But there was also a lot of things that went wrong for the Spurs that didn't seem to be going wrong. Like at halftime, for example, like halftime, it's a close game. The Spurs controlled most of the game, but at halftime, I think Thunder only had 45 points. And I was thinking, okay, you know, we're on track. Like again, if you look at game one, two, and three, you got to hold the Thunder to 90 something. Right, they average 110 or more during the regular season. You got to hold them to 90 something um, to be competitive, because except for Game One, which you kind of can throw out a little bit because Aldridge was just incredible, the Spurs are not going to win 
by 20, 30 points. They're not going to have 110, 115 points usually. So you have to hold them. And so I thought at halftime, ah, this is fine. It's, it's, you're, we're on track. Uh, the Spurs are controlling the game. But then there was all sorts of like wide open shots missed too. Um, lots of threes. Even late in the game, Kawhi Leonard had wide open three, missed it. They got the offensive, re- offensive rebound, throw it back out to him. He tries three again, misses it. As a, a, several things went wrong, especially the three-point shooting, which was terrible for the Spurs. And then, of course, Durant. If he has a game like that in the last – literally the last four or five minutes, uh, if he's on fire like that, you can't afford to have that close of a game going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of things that are concerning. So first first and foremost, Kawhi, who was awesome last night until Cantor rolled into his knee. And you saw the yeah. replay. It looks like he kind of hyperextended it a little bit. And he was he was a non-factor after that happened. So you think that was it? I didn't actually connect those two things. but I think so, because those two threes were so off. And he's like a you know 48% free throw shooter or three-point shooter for the year. Right. Like it, it, and you have to imagine he wasn't getting the right lift in his legs or something like that. I don't know. All I know is that after that happened, which just happened with five or six minutes left in the game, he was basically a non-factor for the rest of the game. And that's and that's also when Durant really, really yeah. went off on him as well. He hardly scored in the fourth quarter. He might not have even scored yeah, at all, actually. Uh, maybe he had a couple points. Aldridge was the same way. Hardly scored at all in the fourth quarter. The other thing that concerns me for the Spurs, you mentioned their bad three-point shooting, but I think we talked about this last week that the Thunder seemed like they were willing to let Aldridge and Leonard get theirs, and they weren't going to let the three-point shooters go off. Mm-hmm. And it felt like that, like that really happened this game. So one, they've figured out, they've done a much better job on Aldridge, but they've kept bigger players on him in general. I think at, Steven Adams has really kind of j- adjusted he, how he's been playing Aldridge and been doing a better job. Kawhi was still awesome. I mean, Kawhi was incredible. He, that dunk he had on yeah. on Adams was <laughs> inc- like That's one of the best dunks I've seen in a long time. Just because, I mean, Adams is a big guy. And right. He had his hand on the ball, and Kawhi just overpowered him. And he was fouled on that one too, right? There was a couple he, like Yeah, that. he was. Yeah. So Kawhi was, was awesome, but at the same time, like, Danny Green had what, like three shots or something like that? Like, and he misses them all. It, it, and he did. And most of them, like, he had, I don't know if he had, I don't remember Green having any wide open shots. He, he might have. I meant to go back and look at Green shots to see if they were contested, but there were definitely a lot of wide open shots. Like Tony Parker missed a three. Some of those threes were so wide open, it's like you have time to look down at your feet, kind of look around. You, know, you, you literally have multiple seconds to make the shot. And those usually go in for the Spurs if you're that wide open. That's true, but I mean, of all the people you want taking it, Tony Parker's probably top, you know, top of the list. Yeah, although he he knocked he knocked him down in game three, to be fair, and I think he's been like a forty percent three point shooter this year. I don't know. I, I guess the the thing that worries me if I'm the Spurs is yes, it's two two, and you know, Oklahoma City probably needed to win both home games if they were going to have a chance to win the series, and they didn't. But it feels like this game, they really like they made real genuine adjustments that the Spurs are going to have to adjust to themselves. And, and it, it felt like this this was a very legitimate win because it, it, it started off slow. And I was just bagging on Oklahoma City on Twitter, like like and just, you know, rip it on them and just really disappointed in them in general. But then they came the way they came out and two things. So one, the defense was much better. And I felt part of that was the Spurs. But two, 
they, especially in the fourth quarter, they ran every possession through Durant, like either off of off, off pin down where he popped up or he had the ball at the top of the key mm-hmm. and then had Westbrook play off the ball. And Westbrook off the ball is terrifying because <laughs> it's not just one, he can get it and cut to the basket, but two, then he's on the boards and he had that unbelievable rebound on like the, the Deion Waiters had that missed, had that missed fast break and Westbrook somehow gets the ball and passes it to Waiters on the ground who calls a timeout. Like that, like Westbrook in that position is so much more effective, at least against the Spurs, than him demanding the ball mm-hmm. every single possession, being at the top of the key. And yeah. he didn't shoot well, but but he had a much more positive impact on the game. Well, he had a bunch of assists too. I think even he had more assists than the entire Spurs team, which just doesn't happen often. But yeah, kudos to him. And he, I think he realized that after game three too. He he said something along the lines of, "I took too many shots." Yeah, and that was and you kind of worried that like well, good for him for saying that because he actually is he actually going to change? Right. And the <laughs> shots that are killer are he still had a few like he has two killer shots. One is he takes these out of control layups that are terrible because he takes himself out of the play and the Spurs almost always get a fast break going the other way, or he takes early in the shot clock threes, which which are just dumb because he's a terrible three point shooter. And the the three the layups still happen, but the threes really didn't. And it's amazing what 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 a difference that made. And he had some just incredible passes like alley oops and and yep. uh you know his pick and rolls getting the roller. It, it, yeah, I mean he yeah. played his line wasn't his line was better in game three, at least from a numbers perspective, not from a shooting perspective. His shooting was equally bad this game. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he was so much better this game. Yeah, and it's scary to think if he was this good, but also shot well i don't feel like duran westbrook they, they don't both shoot really well continuous like from game to game i don't think right. it feels like they they have some off nights and i'd i'd be surprised if Durant has 40 points again tomorrow how, how do you feel about fouls in this game because that's one thing that stood out to me danny green five fouls duncan four fouls uh david west five fouls and and, and especially near the end of the game you've got all these players with essentially five fouls and then you still have to guard Durant who's on fire and is asking for the ball like within the last few minutes over and over. I mean, to be honest, it didn't really jump out at me during the game. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't, it didn't like usually, and I'm usually pretty like, I'll notice if I feel like one team's getting a bad whistle. Like I thought Golden State got a pretty bad whistle against Portland, for example, the other day. And I think they would have lost anyway, but I, it didn't, I didn't notice it. Uh, and I, I'm an objective observer here. So yeah. I personally didn't notice anything that seemed particularly bad but maybe there were some bad calls yeah i don't know if it's so much bad calls but it just it was very lopsided in terms of you know the thunder shot i think twice as many free throws as the spurs so it it just felt kind of lopsided and it it stood out to me just because there's so many players that had five fouls uh and also because you're a spurs fan well yeah that's (laughs) i'm always looking for something (laughs) but i mean it was was an interesting game the challenge still is if you're the thunder you're coming off that game and you know, you're feeling great, but you still have to win in San Antonio again, but you also, oh, there's two things could happen for the thunder to win the series. They basically, they're gonna have to win either three in a row, you know, this game and then two more, which mm-hmm. seems difficult to win three in a go row against the Spurs, or they're going to have to win game seven in San Antonio. So I still feel like the Spurs have the edge here. You know, they worked all year to get that edge with home court, but I don't know, you know, Anything can well, happen I would, I, I would say I would say two things. I think one well, one, you're totally right. Like that's really hard to do. But two, uh keep in mind the last time the Thunder beat the Spurs, they won four in a row. 
Uh, yeah, I actually looked back <laughs> through some of that uh, last night because I was kind of curious. Also, I was curious about so Durant tied his you know, playoff you know uh, record forty one points. I was like, well, when else did he get forty one points? And I kind of looked back, and of course, every series that he got forty one points. I think there were two times in the uh, uh, two series um, in, in different years, going a while back actually. And of course, they won the series uh, in both those times. Was it against the Spurs every time? Or? No, no, it was. It was. Oh, okay. Uh, I, thought that's good, I thought that's what you were going to say. No, no, it was Houston. I think once. Uh, I think they were mostly first round. Uh, maybe Denver. Yeah. So that's my concern for if I'm San Antonio. Is that because what happened in that in, back in 2012? Is they I can't remember what the adjustment was now, but they they changed. I think they changed their starting lineup. Um, I can't remember exactly what they did, but but like just the the entire tenor of the series just shifted in like San Antonio couldn't figure it out. And that would like, it felt like in the, in the second half of this game, they figured something out. And I guess my takeaway is I feel like Oklahoma city might have a higher ceiling than the Spurs. Like when they're playing with, like they were in the fourth quarter and Kevin Durant's run the offense like that, like it's almost impossible to beat them. But I have very little faith in, in, Oklahoma City like maintaining that for two more games. Yeah. Like and, and the Spurs are just so consistent and and they they rarely beat themselves. And I think they'll clean up their offense. Like, I think their offense was a real problem. Like I don't again, I don't understand if you have Cantor out there, you're not running pick and roll. And, and all this isolation they were doing with the lineup OKC had on the four, like that was the wrong time to be running isolation plays. And I think Popovich will look at that and fix it. And yeah, if they win game five, then then you I, I agree with you. It, it, it's very difficult to see OKC winning Game Seven on the road. Yeah, you got to win Game Five. Either team, like you have to, you have to win that game, so you have some confidence and some some wiggle room going into the yeah. next. That said, I mean for OKC, the fact that this is now a, an official series, and if they lose, they're going to lose, you know, kind of with honor. I, you know, who knows if this makes a difference? But if they would have lost this game and then lost next, the next game and been out in five, mm-hmm. like you got to think that would color like Durant's yeah. feelings. Like in the first half, like when they're getting, they looked bad and they're getting beat and and Dion Waiters of all keep, people is keeping them in the game and he played a really good game. Yeah. Like it, he, he didn't take any bad shots. Like he was under control. He didn't elbow anyone passing the ball. Yeah. And, uh, and 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 he's been bounce. playing good defense. Like he. Like Robertson is terrible. Like he shouldn't. I don't know if he should even be playing. Like he was talking about like he was defending Kawhi. Like where he hasn't hasn't defended Kawhi's lit him up all series. The only person who's had a, some success has been Waiters and, and Durant. But although Durant guarded Kawhi in the fourth quarter, and, and again was Durant doing a good job or was Kawhi injured? Is it's it's not sure. Yeah. But uh. But yeah. Waiters. Waiters is is uh, scarily enough. I think clearly their best option. Well, it's, he was shot better than anyone else really. I yeah, think. he was like seven for nine or seven for ten or something like that. There was that oh, like the OKC just frustrates me so badly. There was this play where the, that where Kawhi had this incredible steal where he like grabbed it with his left hand, like falling out of bounds. Oh yeah, like that, before, <laughs> that was that was incredible. I love the slow motion replay of that one. <laughs> Andre Robertson, who is their starting shooting guard, got the ball in the corner. The corner three is like the most efficient shot in basketball outside of an uncontested layup, and. Tony Parker started to run out on him, looked at him, realized it was Andre Robertson, and Parker turned around and ran back into the lane. <laughs> and so Robertson has the ball all by himself, and he passes it out to Westbrook, which which Leonard anticipated and stole the ball. It was an amazing steal. But how can you 
be in how can you hope to contend for the playoffs and your starting shooting guard refuses to take a corner three it, it's ridiculous and it just mm. it gets to what frustrates me about about this franchise and the way it feels like they've just like they're a team that has gotten worse almost every year over the prime of Westbrook and Durant's career like they, they trade away Harden they trade away Jackson they like anyone who's competent they've they've gotten they've gotten rid of and they've yes and they've beefed up the front line in an NBA that barely plays multiple frontline players anymore. It's oh the the front office is so frustrating. Don't even get me started on the ownership in Seattle and all that crap. I mean <laughs> sorry OKC fans, but yeah. Sorry. I, I that, that, that was a rant I <laughs> No, it's good. So is there anything else that stood out to you in the in the series? I mean that that game three Thunder loss was bad because in that's the other thing too. The the Spurs, like in that game three, I thought they were really smart. Like basically they were like baiting Westbrook into shooting those threes Mm -hmm. like they were going under the pick and rolls and like Westbrook was just being impulsive and being Westbrook for good and for worse and kept taking these threes like he took 10 threes well he missed more shots that game than Durant took yeah I mean I I like Westbrook I, I I've defended him but that game was unconscionable I mean it was it was terrible and but it felt like the Spurs got away from that a little this game at the in the first quarter when Westbrook was killing them on those on those uh on those pick and rolls he was getting at uh at a uh um, Steven Adams going to the hoop like that's because Duncan was up on the floor like trapping him and why are they trapping what Russell Westbrook you should be leaving him alone up there like inviting him to shoot like write a Christmas card to him say Russell Westbrook please shoot more threes <laughs> like Russell Westbrook shooting threes is the best possible defense you can get yeah since you mentioned Duncan do you do you read anything into the fact that he didn't actually take a single shot in game four and he didn't have a lot of minutes, and he didn't have a lot of minutes uh, in Game Three either. But does that stand out at all? <laughs> uh I mean, I, I can hear the angst in your voice. Um, I, I thought they missed him. I mean, I, he's the like he, he, like on the boards and, and rebounding and stuff like that. But um, I, I guess it didn't. It didn't. I, I, I've. I guess I've moved on from. Duncan as an offensive player. But I mean, yeah. it is jarring. Like he doesn't even look to shoot at all when he when he, has he didn't even try. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and you would think that at least if you're old, you could still shoot, you know, like that 15 footer or, or his famous bank shot or something. But no, he doesn't even look to shoot. So I think in game five, he's going to come out, you know, it's at home. I think he'll game. come out and and be a little stronger. He he defers a lot this year to other players. Yeah. And even and sometimes I don't think he, he needs to. Aldridge, of course, I mean, Aldridge had two amazing first games, but he's actually been good the whole time except for that fourth quarter in the fourth game he's been good all four games yeah and they got to put him back like that pick and pop they're running in the first couple games was so effective and again if okc is out like if you have canter out there like you have to be putting him in the pick and roll every single time and i don't remember them running a single pick and roll with with canter as as the defender like the entire fourth quarter again the the spurs offense in the fourth quarter really confused me yeah. i mean i get that they're 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 more their offense has changed with the emergent like and this year they've scored you know lower on an absolute basis and, and it's been much more Kawhi and and, and lowarkus but i don't know it's weird it feels like pop sometimes has these games i mean obviously he's a genius but where he just doesn't he doesn't adjust in game hmm. and this kind of felt i don't know it, I, the spurs offense really confused me in in the second half yeah we'll see how game five goes i'm nervous but it'll be good i mean this series is good i mean i shouldn't complain because it we're, is a good, we're getting series, a good yeah. series as a and for me as a fan it's been great yeah. for sure all right so let's maybe quickly go over what do you think raptors heat did you uh do you watch any of these games 
No, so I, I unfortunately I was confused. I was gonna. I, I, I thought the uh, Cleveland Atlanta game was on Sunday, and so I'm like, oh, screw it. I don't want to watch that. Like Cleveland's gonna Cleveland's gonna win, and so I slept in, and then I woke up and realized that I actually missed the wrong game. So <laughs> and I want to go back and watch it, but I didn't. So I mean, I guess the only comment I have is about one. I didn't see it, but it, I'm I'm happy for Lowry. Like as a fan, I'm happy to see him be back. Yeah, I mean, it was painful watching him struggle, and I didn't see his game, but I, I saw the stat line, I saw highlights, and you know that like that—that's the guy you saw all year, like especially all those above the break threes and the way like he would hit those. Like, uh, I'm just I'm just happy for the guy. Yeah, and you f- I feel like it was it was time for him to come back and have a great game, and I, I loved also in after game one, you know, someone took uh, you know a photo of him like practicing at the arena until like midnight or one in the morning, you know, just working on his shot. And I thought that was great. It, it is great, but I kind of felt like, I mean, cause it felt like his block was mental, right? Yeah. But, but maybe, maybe it worked. I mean, it, he's, he's been, he didn't shoot as well the game in game two, but he was, you know, he it was actually taking shots. I mean, the weird thing about that first game was he was just, declining to shoot Mm -hmm. and like that like it's like that's gone to the next level but no i mean if he if he's truly back i think leaving aside the injuries like even if he's truly back that that's that's a tough thing for for miami they don't have great point guard defense although richardson's pretty decent they're rookie uh and they could put um winslow on him who didn't even play last game but one i think toronto would probably be favored if lowry's back but two uh, with Whiteside and Valanciunas being out. Valanciunas has been great this series. Right. I was going to ask you that too, because he's hurt now, but he was great in game two and three, two before he got hurt. He was, and I was getting frustrated. I felt like Tor- Toronto should have been feeding him the ball more because he was getting all the stuff on like on garbage stuff, like putbacks and stuff like that. Yeah. And he was beasting down there, but I, they also have Biambu who, who Biambu has been really good this year. And he has a really nice pick and roll uh, action with Lowry. And he is worlds worlds better than anyone Miami can put foot in the center spot like Miami misses will miss I think we said this last podcast like the fall off from white side to anyone else is unbelievably massive and 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 if they don't have white side I don't see how they can win yeah I like Toronto I still they struggled a little bit even in the first round where they were like winning games even though they were shooting terribly um but I I, I like them still whether the Cleveland uh Miami matchup that you wanted happens. I, I know it's not, it's not going to happen. And if it happens now, if, if Whiteside doesn't play, it's, it's not going to be competitive. So. LeBron James was actually asked about that last week. And he even said, I would love to play yeah. against Wade again. I'd love to play against the heat. You know, he's like, he said something about like, I, I've always wanted to play right against those guys again. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which you have to wonder if, that, if that's all talk. Cause I mean, LeBron <laughs> is not, uh, <laughs> he's had some, uh, questionable mental related series in his career. But the, the, I mean, the one thing I will say is just speaking of kind of players on a personal basis, like when, when I heard Whiteside was hurt, cause again, I didn't watch it. I mean, I was so bummed cause this is a guy who, you know, he bounced around is in on like a minimum contract and he was on pace to get paid like the max this summer, right? Like he hasn't really, he hasn't, I mean, it's relative to the average person, he's earned a lot of money, but mm-hmm. relative to an NBA player, he hasn't earned anything and he's been awesome. And it would have been such a bummer if he would have had a serious knee injury going into like his first real free agency, yeah. but it sounds like it's relatively mild. You know, it's, it's an MCL, which they haven't said what, 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 what great it is, but if he's actually day to day, which is impossible, I would think if it's really an MCL injury, but if they can even, pretend it's day to day, then it's probably not that serious. Mm-hmm. And I'm just happy for the guy personally. Like he's going to get paid. Like 
he's had a great year. He's massively, massively, massively overperformed his contact contract. <laughs> and I don't know. You like you, you you feel bad seeing guys like on the edge of of you know getting paid, getting hurt. So yeah. I, I'm glad he's okay. Gosh, can we have one series in this playoffs where someone doesn't I get hurt? Know. It's so depressing. I guess the Spurs, the Spurs, Spurs in Cleveland. Hit, as long as Kawhi's okay. Yeah. yeah. He's had a couple near miss kind of thing. Even I think it was game one or two. I don't know. He fell. Actually, I think it was that first dunk in game one. He fell awkwardly. He's done this a couple times this season where he's made like these crazy one-handed dunks that he oh, probably he, shouldn't because he's had some he incredible falls. dunks this series. Yeah. I don't that game one I remember when he fell, but I mean it was awesome. But yeah. Yeah. He I mean he's had some unbelievable dunks this he, series. But I think in that one, you know, Pop was like kind of pacing back and forth. He's like, Are you okay? Are you okay? I mean, because <laughs> and especially at the beginning of the series, it's like, oh my gosh, if we if he got hurt, uh that's not good. There's another dunk he made, some other, other random game during the year. And I remember it a lot because they replay it on like some commercial. I think it's like, a, I don't know, it's a car commercial or something. And they replay it as like just part of like these little uh, snapshots of like the NBA throughout the season. And it's this, again, this kind of crazy one-handed dunk. And of course, on the commercial, they cut the part where he falls and like <laughs> really like doesn't get up for uh, a couple minutes. Right. But right. every time I see that I, I cringe you a little bit. It. Well suppose yeah. speaking of injuries, let's let's go into Blazers Warriors. Curry is still out. Looks like he's not gonna play a game four. Doubtful. Yeah, I'm gonna be on a plane. I'm super bummed I'm gonna miss it. Uh yeah, I thought the game the game three was was int- I mean there's this you're not going it was bad enough that that Damon Lillard was awesome and you're probably not going to win if he's playing like that but two Al Farouk Amino was yeah. <laughs> was playing out of his mind and you're extra extra not going to win if if he's going to do that right I mean you have enough to deal with with Lillard and McCollum and if their third guy or fourth guy depending on how you categorize it is also going off like that just happens. I, I, mm-hmm. It was an acceptable loss, I think, from the Warriors' perspective. My impression with Amino is he's been inconsistent this year, but he's had a – like game two, he was also very good. He was making some threes. He was shooting, I think, over 50%. So, And a game two was one of those – like I felt like it could have gone either way. Like I mentioned it That's last true. week. You that, mentioned it, yeah. That um, in game one, you know, the Warriors came out and just dominated the game, and they were up whatever, 20 points or something like that. But that – like quarters uh, two, three, and four, like the Blazers actually outshot uh, the Warriors. They played well, and they continued that in game two. First three quarters, uh, Blazers were playing great, and they were up. And then you kind of have that moment in the fourth quarter where you realize that the Warriors are about to take control of the game, and they do, and they win. But the Blazers, for the most part, played really well in game two also even though they didn't win and they went cold kind of at the end. Yeah, you, you know, you did call that out. And I was thinking about that when, when, when watching the game that, you know, they, they've had a, a couple competitive games. And yeah, I mean, they won, they won game three, you know, pretty, pretty handily. I mean, despite the fact that, you know, Draymond Green on offense, you know, was, 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 was playing out of his mind. That said, I mean, I, we're going to, I think for the Warriors, one thing that really stood out to me is Green has been good and, and Thompson has been good, but, they really didn't get much for anyone else. Um, the one guy that I feel like has been atrocious is Barnes. Hmm. I, I mean, he he's missing so many open threes. Like, he has to be hitting those. And then the, the Blazers are putting one of their little guards on him. Like, he's got to get down. He's got to punish that. And, like, it's what, like, if Curry's out, like, you got to 
like everyone has to step up and everyone has except for him. And the, again, the real problem for the Warriors is, especially with Livingston moving into the starting lineup, like their bench lineups are are much weaker and and like they can't afford to have one of their starters falling off to that degree, especially one who plays with the bench a lot. Like mm-hmm. they need him to, to have a good game four, I think for sure. I'm excited about game four. I'm kind of excited that, I mean, yes, Curry's not there, but these these are fun games to watch, especially when Damian Lillard is you know on fire. Oh, he was awesome. I mean, that, that yeah. It, 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 I, I will say though, like Jeff Van Gundy went on a like, what if Damian Lillard was on the Warriors sort of thing. The, the, the what makes Curry so amazing and so special this year is that Lillard was awesome in that game. But that's a relatively normal Steph Curry game. <laughs> like it, it's the consistency, right? Lillard needs to do that every game for the rest of the series to be in the con- like. I I do think Lillard like the style of his game is one of the closer approximations to to Curry, like the poor man's Curry, if you will. But what makes Curry so amazing is consistency, where he has three out of five or four out of five games where he's shooting like that and shooting off the dribble like that. Whereas Lillard is more like one out of five or or, or one out of six Mm -hmm. and the key for Lillard is doing that more consistently and again that's leaving off you know Curry I think finishes at the rim better and passes better and plays better defense and stuff but to take nothing away from Lillard he was incredible that game and it was a delight to watch yeah absolutely CJ's has been good too um CJ McCollum is he's not he didn't shine as much as Lillard in the last uh couple games but I feel like he could still have some good games if they can both they can both be great. Game four. Who knows? Who knows what will happen? I mean, I still feel like the Warriors are obviously the favorites. I mean, the, the Blazers, uh, they've done amazing this year. Like we were talking about before, much uh, better than anyone had hoped. Uh, they're here in round two. But it is a little bit interesting to think that if the Blazers could pull off this this game four in Portland, series is tied. And then Curry comes back in game five and he's, he's rusty. Rusty. Yeah. He's like, I mean, he hasn't played with his team. He's barely, he's really only been kind of getting back into the shooting and, and practice and stuff within the last couple of days, probably. And they lean on him or expect him to be the MVP, you know, of the season that he's, that he's been, uh, yeah, I don't know. You never know. I wouldn't mind them bring Curry back as uh, from the bench. Really? Huh. Because, I mean, well, I think having him on those bench – so I, there's two things. One, like the bench units need help. I mean, especially with Livingston not on them. Like the, the Warriors starters are actually crushing the Portland starters for the most part, where the Blazers are really destroying the Warriors is is on the like the beginning of the second and fourth quarters when, the, when it's bench versus bench. And that's usually a warrior strength, but they're really missing Livingston and Barnes is playing terribly. Barnes is usually on those units. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't mind them if they wanted to ease him back in, seeing Curry there. And so one, to improve the bench, but two, uh, I think you want to avoid having Curry defending Willard as much as possible because, I mean, that's going to, that's a lot of stress on yeah. your MCL, right? To try and defend these quick, twitchy guards and having him in against weaker units where you can hide him on on a on a more of a non-threat i think would be better hmm. uh so if he is able maybe he's not fully but if you feel you know he's obviously you don't want to risk further injury and all that sort of stuff but if you you know if you want to ease him back in that might not be a bad way to go about it interesting yeah or maybe start him in just very very few minutes yeah pull him super quickly yeah it yeah. feels like you kind of want to even if he's not back at 100%, you kind of want to start him and just, yeah, don't have a lot of minutes. Maybe he only plays a little bit at the, at the beginning because you, I mean, you still, you got to get past the Blazers, obviously, but you still need to be thinking about the third round and being a Yeah, and I think, I think there's an angle like they need, they want, 
it's better for him to wear off the rust against the Blazers if he's healthy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, obviously, you, you want to be, like, the most important thing is that he be healthy. But if he is able to play, I was more on the, like, don't play him at all. But now the more I thought about it and the and think about the degree to which he was clearly rusty against that rock in that Rockets game when he came back. Right. Like, if he can get some time against the Blazers just to get back into the, you know, NBA speed and the flow of things. Yeah. Because, I mean, they can't afford to give away game one in Oracle against the Spurs or the Thunder, whoever it might be. Yeah. You start working him back in. And also, I think just him being there, even if he's not on the floor for uh, the number of minutes he's used to, just being there, I think, will give the Warriors some confidence and the fans will love it. And so that'll just kind of feed into the the feeling going into game five. The crazy thing is, though, I mean, I'm telling you, like, I feel after that fourth quarter and maybe I'm overreacting, like I feel much better about the Thunder than I have at any time throughout the playoffs. Hmm. And you don't know about Curry coming back or not. Like, I mean, if the Thunder make the freaking NBA finals, like, my goodness, (laughs) I don't believe it. I mean, they had a great season. They, you know, we talk about the Spurs being overshadowed by the Warriors, but Oklahoma was great, too. And uh, don't really talk about them very much because they're third down on the on the list in the West. Well, that leads us to they would face the Cavs, clearly. I mean, the Cavs have been unstoppable. I mean, I think we both said that Atlanta was a terrible matchup for Atlanta. But I mean, the degree, yes, the last two games were, were closer. But I mean, the degree to which it felt like Cleveland was just toying with them. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. And game four was close too. that must be frustrating. You have a chance at the end of those games. Uh, uh, but yeah, Cleveland just, I mean, they've swept both series. They just are looking great. And threes are going down like they've never gone down before. Uh, well, the regular this is thing that like, frustrates me about OKC. I mean, o- Cleveland is in this really difficult cap situation. They have been for a while. And meanwhile, they have, like, I would take, I would take Delvadova. I would take uh, Shumpert. I would take J.R. Smith. I take them over any of the, Oklahoma City Thunder Wings. Hmm. Yeah. To Cleveland's credit, I mean, they get James with the ball, and even if you play off him, he's such an amazing passer. They surround him with four shooters. James can still take one on one or post up or, or take his guy. And if you help at all, he, you James is one hundred percent going to find the guy. Yeah, he seems really good about always finding his teammates if that's the right thing to do, but also knowing when like his teammates are kind of. They're not shooting well, and he needs to just take control of the game and get points. He he never seems to like he. I don't he even always think he's right gotten. Play. It's amazing. He's he's in like twenty ish point twenty five. I don't know. I don't even think he's had like a over thirty or forty point game, whatever, because he knows he doesn't need to push like that. He can get his twenty five points or however many. He can get his assists. He can find his people. But yeah, if if people are struggling, or if Kevin Love's not knocking down those kind of shots that he was making in the last game. He just takes control of the game, drives to the basket, and that's what he needs to do. The other thing that's been super impressive, and a couple people on Twitter have commented on this, but they destroyed the Pistons with Kevin Love at center. And against the Hawks, where uh, th- they would actually match up with that lineup, well, they haven't played it hardly at all. So they've gone with this Kevin Love-Channing Fry lineup with, with Channing Fry at center and, and having all shooting around, around the edges. And... It speaks well, despite everything of of Tyron Lue, in that like they're actually they seem to be adjusting 
pretty quickly and in almost real time to like their their opponents. And they're being really smart about things in the lineups they're playing. And that's that's I mean, that's a good sign. That's what you like. The one thing that makes the playoffs so interesting as compared to the regular season is is because in the regular season you play the same team like you you don't have time to really adjust or scout or playoff guys or whatever. And I think this is a thing for OKC. I mean, like when you're playing OKC in the regular season, your instinct is to cover like Andre Roberson in the corner, right? Shooting guard in the corner has the ball run out at him. But when you're in the playoffs, you and you're playing the same every night, you're like, oh, screw that guy. I'm going to be Tony <laughs> Parker. I'm going to sit back in the lane. And we're going to steal and off it. And like your weaknesses get exposed to such a degree, because it, at least with the coaches that can really adjust quickly. And it feels like Cleveland is doing that. And they have, they really do have so many pieces. Uh, and it's the East, admittedly, and Atlanta is a terrible matchup for them. But they, to my, in my estimation, they look, I mean, they had a rough season this year, but they look much stronger than they did last year. I mean, they yeah, look, they've been, they've looked incredible. Yeah, they look good. So you have to, and they have some time to rest now. They'll face Toronto or Miami. You have to assume that that'll go Cleveland's way. And then, yeah, the West is still in doubt, still jumbled up as we talked about on the very first episode. It is. And I guess this is the flip side of the injury thing, right? The injury, like it sucks that injuries have happened. It's terrible. But like the Steph Curry injury has, has injected like, 10 10x the amount of intrigue into this playoffs because you don't know when he's going to come back. You don't know how good he's going to be. If he was there and the Warriors were the Warriors, this would all feel probably much more academic because they'd probably just be slaughtering everyone. Right. It's weird that they aren't sweeping. Like you kind of expected that they would sweep through the first round and the second round. That's not happening at Especially all. Especially the Blazers, right? Yeah. No, totally. Well, in Houston, they lost a game too. And yeah, it's like Cleveland's the only undefeated team. Everybody else has struggled one game or another. So, uh, well, let's go through, let's go through. So we, I think we both agree or we both agree that Toronto's going to, going to win this one then. I, I feel like it, but you know, I think it could still clo- be close. It could be a few more games here. Yeah. I mean, wait, I've loved the, I've loved Wade this, this playoffs. I mean, it's maybe it's one of those things. I don't remember being a huge Wade fan previously. I've always respected his game and he went to Marquette. I remember watching him in college and stuff like that, but maybe it's just a, an old guy appreciations now that I'm old, but I mean, the way he's, like he's been really great this postseason. It's been it's been a real delight to watch for sure. Yeah, he's been great. He's been stepping up. These games have been fun. Like the first two went into overtime, and then you even had that Curry esque like half court <laughs> shot by Lowry. I think it was yeah. game two, which yep. it almost it was strange because they they inbound the ball and they almost felt like they didn't know what they were doing. I think he stepped out of bounds actually. Yeah. yeah. It is, did they review it after the fact and see these stuff? No, I, I, they didn't review it in the game, but right. I think someone posted on Twitter that it was, it, that's it what was I mean. After close. the game, but, I mean, it certainly looked like he was just barely in bounds and it was like, they didn't really know what they were doing. They didn't really have a play called or he, yep. he almost lost the ball, but then there's that half court shot. I don't know. It's fun. It's fun basketball. It was, it's been a little bit of rock fighting at times, but, but, <laughs> but it's mostly been fun. Uh, Cleveland obviously won. I think Cleveland obviously is the big favorite to, to make the finals. And, and I mean, again, I, as a basketball fan, I am excited by the prospect of Cleveland peaking at the finals mm-hmm. because, you know, it was during the regular season. It felt like whoever they play, they're going to get wiped out, but they just look so different than they looked at any time in the season. And you, you got to credit James, right? I mean, James, this is going to be what his six straight finals which is amazing. Yeah, six, but yeah. we should have thought about this, right? He knows what it means to pace a team. He mm-hmm. knows about peaking at the right time. He's done it six years in a row. So if you think about that, well, maybe them. We shouldn't have been as worried about them kind of 
struggling during the season because they were going to peak at the right time. And, and lo and behold, that's exactly what they're doing. Yep, they're right on target. And unlike last year, you know, they're not getting hurt. They had to struggle yep. with that in the playoffs last year. So they look good. The West, who knows? With the Spurs, I mean, you, you start every show by saying I'm a huge fan, and it's totally true. I really, all season, I've just I've wanted them to get to the Western Conference Finals. If they get there and they lose to the Warriors, there's no shame in that. I really hope they make it to the the West Finals. I think that would be a really fun series. And if the Warriors win, you know, like, that was meant to be. They won 73 games at, at uh, during the regular season. Uh, but I God, I really hope they make it. I'm going to be very disappointed. You you have to make it. Is, are they your are they your official pick for beating the Thunder? Yeah, yeah. I still feel like Spurs will win this. They have home court advantage. Overall, they are still playing better, more consistently. I think. I mean, we'll see. Game five. I I won't like relax at all until game five is, five is over. And I think we'll know a lot after that. So I'm going to ruin my bragging rights by saying this because I would probably with a gun to my head choose the Spurs, but I'm going to choose the Thunder. Okay. Uh, That's uh, fair. Just well one in part just to to do with you. But two like Okay. I would probably I'd put the chances I put the Thunder's chances at probably 40%. Yeah. So I I would probably choose the Spurs, but I'm going to pick the Thunder just because one it's fun. Uh-huh. But two like th- I think there's a real possibility they figured something out here and if they keep running that offense through Durant it, with Westbrook cutting off the ball, which I've been begging for every single game of this series, can San Antonio, if if if, San, if Oklahoma City is going to drop 110, can San Antonio match that? I am not sure. And hmm. just to give you angst. You were right, exactly. You have to hold them under 100 points. You, you absolutely have to hold them under 100 points because the Spurs, their offensive struggle all year to score uh, over 100. And even when they're they're winning by 30 points, it's usually because they held a team to like 70 uh, yeah. So, yeah, you got it. You got it. Which hold is why, them. which is why I've always been worried about them against the Golden State. Because could yeah. they ever hold Golden State that that low? Yeah. Right. I, and I, I know you, your opinion probably changed a little bit after Game One. I know you you, you said something like it's over. Um, Aldridge <laughs> had forty points, and you know it's like the the Oklahoma looked terrible. We'll see what happens on <laughs> in Game see, Five. This is why this is why I'm an amateur basketball analyst. Right. And I don't do it for a living because I'm I'm way too emotional and 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 rot. Like I, right now, I'm totally overreacting to the fourth quarter of that game. I'm sure. Well, it's it's, it's it's just how it goes. Like you, you look at the last thing you saw and you assume it will continue yeah. if not, if nothing changes. And the last thing we saw was Durant, just incredible. Oh uh, uh, yeah. I, I, but the I, thing I, is, like, what I look to, let's say, let's say you replay game four, and I replay it, but like the same kind of thing happens, the same matchups. There's not a lot of changes. You can imagine three minutes left in the game, the game's tied or whatever. It's close within a few points. Durant asks for the ball. He's like, give me the ball. I'm, you know, he's on a three-point line. He's like, I'm hot. Give me the ball. You can imagine him missing a couple of those. Like that happens a lot in the fourth quarter where Westbrook or Durant, give me the ball, and then they miss and they turn the ball over and they lose the game. So I'm not saying it was a fluke what happened uh, in the fourth quarter of uh, game four. I mean, Durant deserves total credit for just being on fire, but that could also happen. So I, I think I probably agree with your like 40% chance for the Thunder. I mean, they can definitely win. I still think the Spurs uh, have the edge. So you, you pick Thunder. Let me ask you, wh- how do the games play out? Like, which games do they win? If the oh, thund- if they if win, the they, if they win, they win game five and six. You, you, they win you think Thunder games. win the next two games? No, no. If they win the series, they win the next two games. I, I agree with you. I don't see them winning a game seven. Right. But again, then they, they're, they're winning three games in a row against the Spurs, which well, they, has never they did it before. That's, 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 that's all I'm holding on to. All right. 
Oh, wait, go to, wait, we still have more. We still have more. Uh, we forgot Golden State and, and Trailblazers. I think we're both picking the Warriors. Is, is that fair? Yeah. I, I'd love to see this uh, go out to a few more games. I really, really like the Blazers, and they should be really proud of the way they're, they're playing. Uh, but it, you have to assume the Warriors are going to win this. Yeah, and I, I love the Blazers to sign Whiteside, actually. Huh. Can you imagine them with a proper center, like rim protector? <laughs> It's interesting. Plumlee had a couple good games. I'm trying to look at the score. Uh, I guess the Clippers, he, but I mean, he's been brutal against the Warriors. They've they've terrorized him. Yeah, that's uh, going to be good. They play again tonight. Um, I think Toronto uh, and Miami play again tonight, and uh, so that'll tell us a lot. And then we have Spurs Thunder tomorrow, and then I don't know a few more days from here. Uh, we won't record for at least another week, but we should have a good sense of where things. are kind of yeah. I think out. everything might be wrapped by the time we get back. Well, we'll see. I'm traveling. Unfortunately, I have a flight directly during the Golden State game, which I'm bummed about, I'll miss. But uh, I will try to watch the other one at the airport. So Cool. Yeah, if it goes to Game 7, I know the Spurs-Thunder Game 7 will be uh, almost a week from now, next Sunday. So And you're going to go to it, right? If it goes to Game 7, I'm, I'm going to go to it. I would probably go to Game 5 if I didn't have other conflicts and stuff going on with family. Just because it might be... It's like, I hate to miss if this is it. If they're going to lose to the Thunder, Duncan. I hate to miss uh, another game because I've been kind of... You know, I went to a few games during the season, but I didn't go to a lot because I was like, I got to save my money to, to go to the playoffs. These games are not cheap. Um, and so I, I really I'm, I really love to go to one more. If the Thunder win the next two, uh, as you're kind of uh, half predicting or, or thinking if they win, that's what's going to happen. I'll be really bummed not to see another game. And kind of the same thing, like when the Thunders win uh, last night, game four was in doubt. A couple of people were saying the same kind of thing in terms of, if they had lost game four and then they lost in San Antonio, game four might have been Durant's last game in Oklahoma City. I mean, probably yep. not, but it could have been. And you know, so you, same thing could happen with game six, right? That might be the last time he's in Oklahoma City. Probably not, but if I was a Thunder fan, I'd want to be there. Yeah, no, for for sure. And we, we have very mixed feelings about this because obviously you're going to cheer for the Spurs all the way through. But but uh, we are, as friends, <laughs> jointly hoping we could attend the Golden State or attend finals game five during WWDC. So. Right. I know. See, I, I kind of, I'm kind of happy either way. If the Spurs make the finals, I'll be thrilled. And I really love the team. I think they're great this year. But yeah, if they lose, I still uh, hopefully get to see the Warriors. So. Right, they lost to an all-time great team, and you get to go to one of the games, so it works out. Yeah, yeah, it's a and that just kind of points to the season too. It's been really great. Uh, there's been a few teams that I really like, and uh, the Spurs are just at the top of that list. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm glad we were able to squeeze this in uh, uh, a little a little early, but I, it's a good time to make predictions. So it, I think it worked out well. Definitely. All right. Thanks everyone for listening to the show, and we'll talk to you next week. I right, have a good week.